This is Dr. Kate Eckert with the Form, Function, and Flow Lab podcast. I'm a chiropractor, yoga instructor, anatomy junkie, and movement educator. And I am looking forward to exposing you to all sorts of ways that you can prehab your body to avoid injury and maintain those hobbies, activities, sports that you love to do. And we'll also be focusing a lot on the pregnant and postpartum journey and making sure that you can return to those activities that you love or even keep doing them while you're pregnant. Hi, it's Dr. Kate, and I wanted to do another episode just on breathing because I haven't done one in a while, and it's one of the things that I do with every single patient, and I do a lot of with people that are stressed, have um, pelvic floor issues, have any kind of issue, learning to breathe better is going to help anyone. And I wanted to uh, go over the 360-degree breathing versus belly breathing that sometimes we get cued through in uh, exercise classes and yoga classes. I love yoga. I've taught yoga for years. Um, And it is much easier to cue belly breathing to help get people out of that um, anxious, uh, shallow breath pattern. We call it paradoxical breathing. And that is essentially where instead of your diaphragm contracting and flattening down it and pushing your organs down, stretching your pelvic floor, getting that cornerstone of your core fired up. We use the little muscles in our neck to pull our rib cage up and take our inhalation that way. So that is not good for a few reasons that it um, keeps us in fight or flight mode it does not engage our diaphragm so then in turn it doesn't push our organs down and act like that pump and that decreases circulation so worse blood flow to our pelvic organs now when you think about the organs in your pelvis there is a lot going on in your abdomen not just the pelvis we've got our liver our kidneys our um, pancreas our uh, intestines bladder, uterus, uh, sexual organs for males as well. So to have everything function properly and well, blood flow is a huge, huge thing. And a lot of people, I see a lot of people's health histories every day because as I do new patient intakes, I see what kind of surgeries they've had. And what kind of medications they're on and that kind of thing. And a lot of people have had abdominal surgery of some type. And even if it feels very insignificant, um, like a laparoscopic removal of an appendix or a gallbladder or just an exploratory procedure, when you have those kind of procedures done, it creates scar tissue within your abdomen. And if you are already a paradoxical, short, shallow breather that is not moving your organs, you have really decreased blood flow. And it is that snowball effect of decreased blood flow, scar tissue in your abdomen. 
your organ or abdominal organs get so stagnant and they need good blood flow to be healthy. The other main fluid in our body that is super important to decreased inflammation and health is our lymph fluid. And when we don't have that diaphragm properly moving as a pump, it does not pump the uh, lymph fluid around your body easily. And that is your pool filter for your body. So you have disgusting, nasty pool water in your body if your diaphragm is not doing its job and not contracting and relaxing easily. And another, um, I just w listened to a podcast that kind of touched on this. I have a ton of patients that have PCOS and endometriosis and as they finally learn more about these conditions, they found that people can have endometriosis not just on their uterus, but on their diaphragm. They found endometrius, endometriosis on patients' bowel and diaphragm and other places. So obviously a uh, hysterectomy is not always going to solve everything for someone um, so good blood flow and movement helps with those uh, pelvic organ uh, movement of your lymph and keeping everything uh, vascularized. So good blood flow to the area, which is super important. And that's not just for women, it's for men too. Um, there's lots of men out there with um, GI issues, erectile dysfunction, those kind of things and proper blood flow and lymph movement is vital. So trying to get people to switch from the paradoxical short shallow breath is very important for that movement and that really good uh, abdominal health. And it also, when we switch from the short shallow paradoxical breath to 360 breathing, we um, stimulate our vagus nerves because those run through the diaphragm. When we're using that diaphragm appropriately, it's going to rub on those nerves and help to physiologically switch us from fight or flight to rest and restore. And we need to be in rest and restore to help with our crazy stress level and all those things. We spend too much time on screens, we spend too much time with blue light, we spend too much time indoors, we spend too much time not physically touching the ground. Um, so all of those things are contributing to a very stressed environment and one of, I've, as I've realized throughout my many years in practice is that the toughest part of the job is getting people's nervous system into a safe enough space to actually heal long term. Because just doing the manual physical work is a band-aid and it will keep reoccurring and coming back if we don't fix that underlying stressors that are contributing to the problem. And that is a very tough, tall order. Uh, but trying my hardest to implement new things and that's why breathing is one of them. So giving people a tangible way to 
get better vascularization, get better lymph flow, decrease that inflammation, and stimulate your switch from fight or flight to rest and restore. All very important. So now when people tell, you know, cue in a yoga class, for example, breathe into your belly. It's easier and it helps people take it out of their neck and that's great, but it's not the full package because especially for my postpartum moms or my men, I have a ton of men, male patients that have diastasis recti, which is the splitting of the abdomen where you get that doming effect when you exert um, pressure. That is going to be bad for belly breathing. It is going to, your naturally, your body likes to go to the path of least resistance and you got a big hole in your abdomen and then your belly breathing, pushing more pressure out into the hole, you're never gonna heal it. And um, that's just one part. So postpartum, belly breathing, not how I would go about it. Does the pressure with eventually get to the belly with 360 breathing? Of course, it definitely does, but that shouldn't be the focus. We want to direct the pressure um, from your inhalation all the way around so that it equally shares the force so that the rib cage expands 360 degrees like you're opening an umbrella, nice and even. And depending on where someone is biased towards, so if somebody has a really hard time breathing laterally, get it, they are um, very self-conscious about their middle and they have held in their abdomen chronically for years and they've drawn their belly button in for years, they're, I'm gonna cue them and give them certain breathing exercises to open up laterally, get that width expansion on the inhalation and then allow it to come back together. If somebody has diastasis recti, I might even have them brace the front of their stomach so that they're like plugging that hole up with a pillow or a bolster or be in child's pose. And then I want them to direct the breath into the back side of the rib cage and really feel if the ribs are close together on the inhale, we're thinking of expanding each rib far away from itself. So it depends on the person and what their bias is. Um, but we don't want to think straight belly breathing. We want to really hone in on being able to get that equal 360 degree um, expansion of the rib cage all the way around. And it's very important. It's harder to cue. People haven't breathed like, like this maybe their whole life. So it's a hard concept to get and very hard to do in one yoga class. It takes my patients weeks and weeks to be like, oh, I felt it. I felt my ribs move out to the sides on my own. It's harder. So I encourage you to not take the path of least resistance and do the easy route, but really focus in and spend a couple weeks doing the 360 breathing uh, religiously 
daily. Your brain is a moldable, wonderful organ and you can make new patterns for your muscles, new brain connection, new memories, and then that will become a second nature to you as you breathe throughout the day. Um, and the other, the other thing, like I mentioned with the, the people that um, hold in real tight at their at their belly button they're trying to keep that flat stomach all the time and the, or they wear a very tight pants or those I have patients that wear those um that's not a it's like a very tight spanksy kind of tank top that is bad for your breathing because it really restricts your ribcage mo motion. So if you wanna wear those kind of garments for like a date night or a wedding or something like that, you know, great. But I would not wear it on a day-to-day -day basis because it is giving your brain a different pattern that we don't want it to follow. We want that expansion and, and relaxation of the ribcage. We don't want to train it to be continually constricted you're going to get stagnant gross non-pool filtered lymph no blood flow it's just a uh, series of bad things that happen from that so i definitely recommend not relying on those on those garments and kind of think of it as as a tube of toothpaste if your abdomen is a tube of toothpaste and the top uh, is the the end of the toothpaste and the bottom is where you squeeze the toothpaste out if you squeeze in the middle you're going to get pressure up and down and it's going to be you know forcing up towards the diaphragm but also forcing down towards the pelvic floor so when and then the that x happens on the exhalation now if you um have really overactive upper abdomen when you exhale if you think of it like a like that tube of toothpaste if you're squeezing from the ribs down on the exhale you're putting all the pressure down onto the pelvic floor your pelvic floor is not going to like all that pressure and that is bad for things like prolapse which is when either your bladder vagina or rectum gets pushed out of your body nobody wants that it's bad for hemorrhoids it's bad for all of those kind of things that we don't want that increased pressure on the pelvic floor. So we don't want to exhale and immediately pull the ribs in and then squish all the pressure down towards our pelvic floor. Your, your breathing, proper breathing pattern should actually happen from the pelvic floor up. So we're squeezing the toothpaste up towards your diaphragm. So the pelvic floor should initiate that contraction and then we zipper ourselves up and squeeze the toothpaste up on the exhale. So the ribs are the last thing to close. So it's very subtle and with my patients that have issues with the pelvic floor, um, prolapse, incontinence, those kind of things, it just takes time. It takes time and repetition and making good habits and good patterns to to train yourself to breathe that way and um, so try not to take the easy route if you have a diastasis 
do not do your belly breathing. There's, there is a time and place for all different types of breathing. Um, there's lion's breath in uh, yoga and there's all sorts of different things. But as a general rule, when you're doing learning how to repattern your breath so that that's what it is for your day-to-day -day normal baseline breathing, we want that 360 degree breathing not the paradoxical short shallow breath and not the belly breathing. So if you have any questions, feel free to ask. Um, I think next week I'm going to talk a little bit of um, diaphragm vacuum, which is a style of breathing that is uh, a little bit different, but we'll get into that next week. So have a good one. I look forward to working with you guys and if you have any thing, topics that you'd like discussed make sure to comment below and let me know because I'd be happy to share all the knowledge that I have on those issues.